0: If you like Data Science at Home podcast, you should check out the Transatlantic Cable podcast from Kaspersky Lab. They condense the most interesting infosec and cybersecurity news in 20 minutes or less. Check it out and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Garaletta. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning easy for everyone. This episode will be a continuation of what we started last uh, week, uh, which is the integration between uh, Ophid Chain and the Ocean Protocol in order to make a decentralized machine learning into a decentralized data marketplace i promised that in the second part of this series i would have spoken about the uh, fit service execution agreement And uh, uh, here I am. Last time we said that the glue code that is required for a service like FitChain to be uh, executed in a data marketplace like the one provided by Ocean Protocol is the so-called service execution agreement, uh, which uh, uh, is uh, usually referred to as the acronym uh, SEA. So like, remember, ocean and the sea and the the ocean service execution agreement. As I mentioned in the previous episode, service agreement is meant to be a definition of each actor's expectations and obligations in order to reduce future conflicts. So that's the major purpose of the service execution agreement. If there are dispute, if there are conflicts, First of all, we want to prevent them. And if we cannot prevent them, we can detect them. And if we can detect them, it means that we can punish eventually malicious actors or, you know, all those actors who are not behaving as it is expected. Now, this definition specifies the communication mechanisms, the dispute resolution, and of course, all the common strategies or actions that every rational actor is obligated to perform. So this is the major purpose of a service execution agreement in general. In the specific case of FitChain and Ocean Protocol, uh, we have created a template uh, so that um, folks from FitChain or folks from any other service that want to operate uh, in the data marketplace provided by Ocean don't have to start from scratch and so they can just take this template and uh, fill in the Uh, the fields that they are uh, required for their specific service, and they would be ready to go. Now, in the specific case of FitChain C, uh, this is a notion-based C template that is defined by a set of service conditions with a dependency model that glues them all together. Now, each condition is associated with one or more on-chain proof. Now, there is a, a figure th- that I will add to the show notes uh, via a reference to the uh, main uh, uh, blog post on the uh, website of Ocean Protocol in which, you know, there is this list of, um, let's say, tasks that will be performed in order to, um, uh, you know, complete the, the complex pipeline of uh, building a machine learning model in a decentralized fashion. And so, each condition is associated with one or more uh, on-chain proofs, Uh, and why on-chain is because there will be, as I will explain later, smart contracts that will verify that these proofs are indeed legit. So this figure that I I will post shows a sample FitChain SEA template, including the minimal viable conditions to consume FitChain services in Ocean and um, in order to uh, understand you know of course without a figure in front of you it's it's gonna it's going to be quite hard to to understand but um i will do my best to uh, you know pave the way for you uh, once um, you have this figure in front of you but essentially what the um, sea template contains is um, a service identifier so called did decentralized identif- identifier. So this is a an identification number, a unique identifier that indeed identifies a specific service. Then we have service metadata. And uh, in this service metadata, we have basically a list of the tasks that will be performed by different actors uh, until the end of the entire pipeline. So what is the, the end of the pipeline? In, in the feed chain case, it is someone pays for a model, Uh, they want this model to be trained, and so many other actors will start working on this. For example, data providers will put the data, compute providers will put the compute infrastructure, Uh, gossipers and verifiers, as we said last time, they will take care of uh, uh, broadcasting the transaction logs as the model gets trained, the verifiers will verify the model after it has been trained on other data sets, and so on and so forth at the end of this you know massive pipeline where all the verifications occur etc etc what do we have is a machine learning model that has been trained and so it has it has to be uh, you know someone has to give access to someone else uh, otherwise it's uh, there's no no reason to produce a, a digital asset like a machine learning model right so there is uh, there is indeed a consumer who pays to get a, uh, a trained machine learning model in return, right? And so that's exactly what is specified in this template. We have all we have all the actions that must be performed by different actors in order to get there, in order to get to that trained machine learning model, for which the payment will be unlocked. The payment from who? the payment from a consumer, of course, uh, will be unlocked so that all the actors will be rewarded. Okay, will be paid. Uh, for their um, tasks right otherwise they would not perform any task you know there is this uh, crypto incentive that we have to guarantee and so basically what the uh, the smart contract will do and again all this is specified in a very formal way in the SEA template is to Uh, lock this payment until all these conditions hold, and once all these conditions are all true uh, in a dependence, with a dependency model, uh, so there there could be also multiple conditions that depend on other conditions, and you know, you can complicate this as much as you want, but at the very end, the smart contract will say, oh, nice, I have all the conditions in, in my dependency model that hold, they're all true, good, I can unlock the payment and pay um, you know, take the money from the consumer and uh, distribute it through all my actors who, who created that model. Okay, so basically it means uh, paying all the actors involved in model production. So basically what we are uh, providing here is a notary, right? Is, uh, is the, um, the task of a notary except without any notary in between, there is a smart contract and uh, in the blockchain jargon, the smart contract is just a code that is executed on chain. I will skip the details what that means, but it's something that cannot be changed once it's on chain, it cannot be changed, right? So it's a third party that is indeed very, very, you know, very honest in that you cannot corrupt that, you know, you cannot collide with the smart contract unless the smart contract has been, of course, written in a malicious way, but otherwise, it will be impossible for a third party to uh, interact with that contract and change the logic of that contract. In this list, there are uh, the tasks that will be uh, validated and verified by uh, a different contracts. Okay, so we have the compute conditions contract we have access control conditions contract, the fit chain specific conditions contract, and the reward function contract. So these are all contracts that implement a, you know, a logic uh, about a specific task. And so that's exactly what happens, you know, in uh, in the blockchain uh, ecosystem, Uh, there are, there, there is an impressive amount of smart contracts, and every smart contract is basically implementing a tiny little piece of the logic that belongs to a more complex process right so this is exactly how uh, this problem this task has been tackled by the team at ocean protocol they broke this problem into smaller pieces and uh, every single piece the compute conditions contract will verify the uh, indeed compute conditions the access control conditions contract will uh, uh, validate and verify other conditions and so on now, for example, the Compute Conditions contract is in charge of the fulfillment of one condition, as is uh, the Access Control contract. On the other hand, the Fit Chain Conditions contract is in charge of fulfillment of the other three conditions, and all these contracts are predefined and deployed in the ocean network. So, what is the take-home message here? Is that we have different contracts for... Each specific task in each specific network. So the feed chain network will be in charge of specific conditions, and so there will be a dedicated contract that will take care of these conditions. As from the ocean side, we have other conditions, and we'll, uh, and therefore another contract that will take that will take care of uh, these other conditions. Now, this sample template doesn't include at the moment dispute resolution and uh, secure computation conditions, but you have to note that the modular design of the feedchain SEA can support future upgrades. And I'm going to tell you that there will be future upgrades because this is an initial version of the SEA template. There are essentially uh, three uh, phases that define the um, SEA lifecycle. The first is the the definition phase. Then we have the uh, execution phase. And finally, we have the termination phase. So, let's go through all of them uh, to make things clear. So, the first is the definition phase. So, Ocean Seas provide the basic primitives to define the conditions as well as the dependency model of an SEA template. These primitives include the link between the condition and its fulfillment and the definition of the dependency model. What is the dependency model? You might have conditions that depend on other conditions and on many other conditions. And so, you know, if the logic is very complex, as it can be in a, in a realistic scenario, uh, you have to define a so-called dependency model of how the conditions depend on each other. And this can be specified already in the Ocean Sea template. This link uh, is interpreted as a condition key or ID, which is defined as the hash of the smart contract address and the function function signature and the dependency conditions key. This means that the condition key is hard-coded with a specific function fingerprint. When I talk about specific function fingerprint, I'm usually referring to solidity functions in a smart contract this is the only authorized function that is in charge of handling the condition fulfillment. So, a smart contract can handle one or more conditions by defining multiple fulfillment functions. You know, this is extremely important because, um, you know, all these conditions and the fulfillment functions are part of a smart contract and once you put the smart contract on chain, know the biggest assumption and i think it's it's the most realistic assumption so far is that you cannot tamper with the smart contract if there are no bugs of course uh, it's impossible to change the logic implemented by a smart contract once it has deployed on chain this uh, approach uh, has two major advantages you know the fact that the uh, fulfillment functions are uh, part of a smart contract well First of all, it preserves the on-chain storage by compressing dependency flags into a couple of bits. So you can, in fact, use uh, add as many conditions as you want without really altering uh, the the way things are stored on-chain. And it also enables Ocean C to piggyback more features in the dependency model for the next releases. So the template can be defined once and also consumed many times, you know, a bit like uh, when you compile a program and you want to run that executable on multiple machines. You don't need to write it again uh, over and over again. So new service providers have the option to develop their own templates by adding new conditions or simply bundling the predefined conditions. They can also use a predefined template directly by assigning the template ID to their services. The second phase is the SEA execution phase. So, in this phase, the actors simply sign the agreement and push it on-chain. Then the Ocean SEA contract verifies the signatures and notifies the actors to start the game, whatever it is. In the case of FitChain, it will be the game of, indeed, creating a model and training it remotely, uh, off-chain, etc., etc. During this setup, the service provider will be asked to submit the input values and timeout values that are required for the condition fulfillments, including asset slash service DID, price, consumer address, providers, publisher address, etc. At that point, the conditions of the template are instantiated by generating new condition instances as the hash of the condition key and the input's value hash where the input's values hash represent all the associated inputs for the conditions in the fulfillment function. So, if a malicious actor tries to cheat by passing an invalid input to the fulfillment function, the function will reconstruct an invalid condition instance ID and the Ocean SEA smart contract will revert the call with an error message. So, it's technically impossible to cheat. Now, when I say um, I mentioned before the timeout that uh, an actor is supposed to submit together with the other input is because think about this, you are training in the case of FitChain, of course, you are training a a machine learning model, for example, a a neural network. And uh, this neural network will take approximately, let's say, six hours to train. So your timeout, the timeout that you can define for this task is, for example, I would say three days. So this means that I will wait up to three days. So that's my timeout value uh, for you, for the compute provider in that case, to train that neural network. If compute provider doesn't come back to me uh, within the three days, and it comes back after the three days, you know that's a that's a condition that I uh, can set in my uh, service execution agreement, and I say, hey, if you come back with a model after four days, I'm not gonna pay you. So that's exactly what you you know, the the type of conditions that you can implement, which I find extremely interesting. Finally, there is the termination phase. Um, Ocean sea template should be designed to terminate. This implies that we have two types of termination. It can be fulfilled and unfulfilled agreements. Now the key features here are that as a rational service provider, you will be incentivized to have a higher rank by fulfilling SEAs as much as you can. In addition to this, you have the right to write your own conditions, for example, specific identity. As a rational consumer, it is important to get your job done as soon as possible. Also by consuming services, in fact, you are implicitly curating service agreements and this implies that the service quality will increase. Another figure that is extremely interesting, in my opinion, and I thank Ahmed for that, is um, a figure that summarizes the way that data scientists consume the fifth chain service through uh, Ocean by signing a service agreement. In this figure, we will essentially see two big contracts, one from the ocean side and the other from the feed chain side. And the beauty of this this figure is that you can clearly see that every contract is in charge of its own part. And so, there is this uh, amazing uh, decentralized way of solving a very complex problem in a completely untrustworthy environment. So, on the ocean side, we essentially have three actors, and I will repeat myself just to make it clear. So from the ocean side, we have the data scientist who acts as model provider and consumer. In fact, you have, for example, a data scientist who says, I want to train this model, which I'm writing on data that someone else owns, and then I want to use that model, okay? So he is in fact the consumer of his own model because he will receive back a trained model the model that he wrote, but it has been trained somewhere else. So that's why we say he's a consumer and a model provider. Uh, then we have the feed chain service provider, who acts as a data provider and compute provider. So this is, you know, the super secret company who has amazing data, they will never share, and so they, they will take the model and train the model in their own infrastructure on the private data, on the isolated data, and then send back the model. So these are the FitChain service provider, uh, And then we have the Ocean Witnesses. These are elected actors who are in charge of witnessing the proofs by reference in FitChain. All the actors are obligated to follow the steps below. We, we call this the happy path. A data scientist chooses data and compute assets and a C template through a fitchain marketplace, which is an ocean registered marketplace. Then we have data scientist who signs an SEA template with values and then sends the signed message to the fitchain service provider. Then we have the fitchain service provider who accepts the request by instantiating a new Ocean C on-chain. Now, actors will be notified about the instantiated conditions by listening to the events from the Ocean Sea contract, and data scientist locks the payment in the reward contract to start the game, and then submits the algorithm to the service provider endpoint. At that point, both parties, that is the data scientist and the service provider, are obligated to cooperate in order to fulfill the data integrity check of the submitted algorithm. At that point, the data scientist will calculate the hash of the submitted algorithm. It will sign it and submit the signed hash with only the signature attached to the compute conditions contract. If the service provider receives the same algorithm, it will be able to fulfill the condition by sending the hash of the submitted algorithm. Now, the work is delegated to the FitChain service provider, who in turn will train the model in the feed chain network, where gossipers will be elected to submit the POT, or the proof of train. and In a similar way, the verifiers submit the verification proof. Finally, the service provider commits the proof of training and the verification proof reference IDs on the ocean side. And finally, ocean witnesses use the model ID and the committed proof IDs to check proof of training and the verification proof on the feed chain side. Then they commit votes on the ocean side. If both conditions model is trained and model is verified are true, the service provider will grant the data scientists access to the final model, to the trained model. And so finally, the reward function is triggered by the service provider, where it evaluates the condition status and releases the payment if all the conditions are met this is how fitchain can operate in the ocean protocol marketplace in this specific case uh, of course we used fitchain the service fitchain as a a sample service that can operate in the ocean protocol but i personally believe that there will be uh, many more services like fitchain implementing their own functionality implementing their own service Uh, who can operate on the Ocean Protocol by just using the same SEA template or a slight modification of it. So, this is a template after all that can be used as is or it can be um, edited to your specific use case and... uh, Every service out there, every, of course, decentralized service out there is ready to go and ready to experience the complexity of the Ocean Protocol data marketplace just without taking care of any complexity. Thanks for listening. This was Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. If you like the show, don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceatome.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening!